Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. You are in the beginning of another entire Mississippi Minute. Ecstatic about today's guest joining me. He was an A Ohio State Buckeye, reaping havoc in the defensive backfield on his way to becoming an All-American. He would be drafted in the NFL, lucky pick number 21 to the New England Patriots, where he would become a pro bowler. He spent 10 years roaming at the safety position, including his later years with the San Diego Chargers and L.A. Rams. We became buds on an island of St. Thomas years ago. He saved me from a bar tab. I should have had to pay after I made a hole-in-one. Appreciate his getaway car and his friendship for sure. Let's go ahead and get it on with my buddy Tim Fox. Hey, Timmy. How's it going, Stephen? Did you just buy some Natty Lights? Is that is that what just I, happened? I did. We had to make the stop. In, uh, the life of a, a past pro bowler, All-American. Uh, but I want to talk first, if you don't mind. This is an interview I never, I will never get to have because I felt like time was always on our side. Your best friend, Andy Johnson, was your teammate, was your brother. Um, I met you both together. I never saw you guys apart. We lost him recently. And I just wanted to know, like the first time you met Andy, uh, were you guys drafted the same year? How'd you become pals? And just know, uh, just from your perspective, uh, how much his friendship meant to you? He, uh, you know, Andy was actually a year older than me, but uh, had been drafted to the Patriots two years prior to me, and um, and and actually this week marks uh, the uh, anniversary of his death last year. Which, right. Uh, you know, which will be a, a somber, somber day. But uh, he was one of the original group of uh, participants in this Myrtle Beach trip that, that uh, I just came back from last, last week. But um, So he was drafted to uh, the Patriots before me. He was also drafted to play, uh, uh, to play Major League Baseball. He was actually drafted higher to play baseball than he was to play football. Wow. Uh, but he, he was a quarterback at the University of Georgia. And, um, he, he, I mean, he's literally a legend down there. Um, uh, when he came to the Patriots, they turned him into a running back, and uh, and they uh, the the I believe it's the 1978 team of which he was a, a part of the uh, of the uh, offensive backfield still holds the I believe the NFL record for the most rushing yards by by any team in the season. Wow! So um, 
you know, we just became very close friends when uh, when I got there. We we kind of had the same interests, and um, I mean, you guys played as hard. You sacrificed your body. You went through all that, and uh, obviously, uh, I guess there's retirement. But was that enough to to retire on back then versus obviously oh, today? Heavens no. I mean, you know, I was uh, the twenty twenty first player picked in the draft. Twenty first player picked. My first year salary uh, with the Patriots was thirty five thousand dollars. Wow! So now it is uh, I don't know. Fifty times that, or so. yeah, yeah, you're making millions. Uh, had to get a job during the offseason because uh, <laughs> uh, if you wanted to, to to live any type of uh, decent lifestyle, you, you, you needed more money. So, how were you able to stay in shape, workout wise, with a job? It, it wasn't as technical of a of a game back then, and it, and and to be honest with you, the conditioning wasn't anything like it is today. I mean, these guys, it's it's a year round job now. They require you to to be there to come to off-season workouts and to, to go through their strength and conditioning program. And, you know, what? You know, when I was there, you used to go out and have your own program. You'd go out and run in the street, you know, and you'd run uh, you'd run 40-yard dashes and you'd lift your own weights and you'd just do your best to, to stay in shape. And and to be honest with you, a lot of guys didn't even do that. You know, they would they, they'd come to training camp and that's when they would get in shape at training camp. <laughs> Uh, which which wasn't always a good idea because then you see a lot of injuries in training camp because they weren't ready to they weren't ready to go full go. But I mean our our training camp is, was so much different than what they do now. It, I mean we would have we would have two day practices. I, my rookie year we reported uh, to camp. I remember it was July sixth, and uh, we didn't have our first exhibition game and, until uh, uh, like the third week in August. So we would go two-a-days every day and sometimes a three-a-day practice. Now that is illegal. The the, um, the Players Association has finally gotten together and put put restrictions on how much they can make you practice, how much you can hit. I mean, we used to hit in practice every day. We'd have tackling practice. What about the combine versus, you know, obviously your combine. Tell me about your combine versus <laughs> what goes on now. My com- well, my, my senior year um, – I, I was fortunate enough to to get picked to play uh, in the uh, in the Hula Bowl, which was a postseason game for you know all, all Americans, Americans and, right. and, and guys like that. And so um, we also were, uh, were fortunate enough to win the Big Ten. So we played for the national championship uh, uh, in the Rose Bowl. So I went from the Rose Bowl straight to the Hula Bowl. After the week in Hawaii, went to Japan and played in a game called the Japan Bowl. Was there for a week, which was an interesting experience to say the least. <laughs> and then, um, and then ended up stopping in Hawaii on the way back home uh, for about five days. Of course you I, did, because there's water. I, I, yeah, it was on the way. <laughs> um, and and then uh, I, I I remember it was, it was crazy. I, I, literally at the front door of of. Uh, of the house that uh, my wife and I were staying in, and I could hear the phone ringing, and that was long before they had cell phones, obviously. And uh, and I get in, and I'm, I'm I'm going, who the hell is calling me? I wouldn't even know I'm home. And turns out to be a guy uh, by the name of George Sames, who was a scout for a company called Blisto, which was a big scouting organization back then. And um, again, it's nothing like it is today. He was from he's from my hometown, and he gets me on the phone. He says, hey. Foxy, look, I, I'm, 
I'm I'm in town here. We've been looking for you for the for you know for the for the last week. Um, we need to get a we need to get a forty yard dash time on you because you know we have you projected from anywhere from the from the uh, from the first round uh, to the fourth round, depending on you know what you run. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, playing at Ohio State and playing for Woody Hayes. Um, Woody was not a big fan of the uh, NFL, and he he felt that his responsibility was to make sure when you went to Ohio State that that you got an education and you got a good job when you left. And he wasn't a fan of guys going into the NFL, right. so he was not uh, he was he was not adamant about letting letting the pro scouts come in and look at you. As a matter of fact, he wouldn't let them come in. Wow. So that was problematic, obviously, for, for, for players that wanted to play in the NFL. So going back to me stepping in the front door after being on a plane for several hours, he says, look, I'm, I'm only here through this afternoon. We need to get a time on you. Can you come down? <laughs> and he's at the, French, at the French Fieldhouse, which is on the Ohio State campus. And I said, well, yeah, sure, I guess I can come down. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how good I'm going to run because I've been on the road for the last three weeks and not doing a lot of training. He goes, well, look, we, it's up to you, but uh, I, if we don't get a time on you, I, I think it's going to really hurt you. I said, okay, fine. So I go to the French field house. I take my shoes. I'm in shorts, and he's there. And it's just he and I and, you know, some, some other kids there, you know, running around the track and stuff. And so he goes, I already got the whole 40-yard dash thing uh, laid out here. You're, this is the line you're going to start from. Uh, you, when you put your hand down in the three-point stance, um, you need to pause for a couple of seconds, and then when your hand comes up, that's when we start the clock. And I said, okay, that, that sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm good for that. And so he, he starts walking up to the, uh, to the end of the 40-yard dash. Um, and, and fortunately or unfortunately, he turned his back to me when he was walking up to the 40-yard dash. So as he's walking up to his, the end of the 40-yard dash, I'm sneaking a foot up, a foot up, a foot up. <laughs> So, 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 I get down in my stance. I run the time. <clears throat> I finish up. I look at him, and he looks at me. And he goes, "Oh my god!" He goes, "That was a four three nine." <laughs> he, he didn't says, make you run it again. He says, "Do you want? Do you want to run another one?" I'm going, "No, I think I'm a little too tight. I, I don't want to run another. One. I don't want to pull anything." So I, so I ran a four. I ran a four three nine. Probably about a. Probably about a thirty-six yard dash. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And uh, and it, and, it, and it got me in the first round. So that so that it worked out. It worked out pretty good. <laughs> We're talking. And that was my that was my combine experience. <laughs> There's your combine. We're talking combine. We're talking Tim Fox. You just heard the whole truth. And it's uh, what do you call it? The statute. The what do you call it? The law. The the statutory law has already been uh, uh yeah, been yeah, relinquished. Statute limitations. Statute of limitations. Yeah, we're all good. <laughs> We're live at the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. We're with Tim Fox. He's heading to the water. Got his natty light. You're in a Mississippi minute. We're going to be right back. JT and Rhino. These are great people. They're tough, they're smart, and they love our country. The JT Show. The greatest of all time. Weekdays 10 to 1. Let me hear it. Super Talk Mississippi.
in a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. There ain't no street in this town where so Tim Fox is getting on the boat right now and just turned, told him to turn the radio down. I'm asking all of you guys out there to turn the radio up from the Keep Mississippi beautiful studio. I love to see our grounds outside and our towns and cities uh, free of litter. So uh, make sure you uh, continue to do your part. We appreciate you. Hey, uh, Tim. Okay, go back and meet Deb. Obviously, I've never seen you guys apart. Uh, we've been to many charity events. You come down and you help us raise money. Not only do you help us with the Delta Soul, you get up and do the auction, and you've, you've raised more money than we can talk about for the Arts for Kids. So you're so valuable to us, not only as a friend, but, uh, but we, you're a workhorse, and we appreciate you. But meeting Debbie, obviously um, impactful in your life as a football player. Take us back and uh, give us the skinny there. Yeah, I you know I hate to give her all this credit because yeah, then give it she to uses her. it against me. But um, yeah, we well, I I met Debbie when I was and I was a sophomore in high school and she was a, she was a year older than me, a junior, actually only six months, but she was a a junior and I was a sophomore and uh, um, and then we started dating when I was a junior and uh, uh, my senior year she went to Ohio State uh, before I went and um, and and I was getting. I was getting recruited by some schools, but my, my senior year in high school, I got, I got banged up. I, I tore cartilage in my knee, and, and I ruptured a kidney. And uh, so I really only played about six games, which, which, which you know, certainly didn't help any recruiting efforts from, from a lot of the big-time schools. Right. So um, uh, I was probably going to go to Kent State University. Uh, Don James was the coach there, and he had a great reputation. And, and uh, actually, uh, if I'd have gone to Kent State, uh, uh, Nick Saban would have been my defensive backfield coach. Wow. would have been interesting. <laughs> wow. Um, so um, so um, Debbie, uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, was working in this little breakfast place across the street from uh, the – uh, in, and this is in Canton, Ohio, uh, and this is during the summer. And she meets a guy from across the street. Uh, he owned the, the local Terminex uh, distribu- distribution place. And uh, she, he, she got to talking with this guy, and, he, you know, I, I figured the guy was trying to, you know, put the moves on her and pick him up. And, uh, but he, he, he asked about me, and, and Debbie said, yeah, you know, he's thinking about going to, going to Kent State. But, and, and the guy said, yeah, I think that'd be a good fit for you. And she goes, no, I think you should go to Ohio State. <laughs> and he goes, well, I'm very good friends with, with Coach Hayes, but uh, oh, yeah, with, uh, with Woody, why don't you have him come in and meet me? So I went in and met the guy. And uh, it, after I met him, it, with my, my fears were not that he was actually trying to pick up her because she, he was probably in his uh, early 70s. <laughs> I figured she was pretty safe. Um, <laughs> And, uh, hey, not these and, days. What are you talking about? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you know, one thing turns into another, and, and, and we got along really good. And he said, well, let me, let me make a call to Woody. And, uh, and lo and behold, they, they started recruiting me. And uh, uh, Ohio State, that my freshman year, just happened to not have a lot of scholarships. I think we only gave uh-huh. 12 scholarships that year, which is almost unheard of, particularly given the fact that, that you know, we had more wins than any other four-year uh, uh, span in Ohio State history. Um, at you know at, at the end of my four years, were freshmen and, uh, playing back then? What's that? Were freshmen playing back then, or were they you guys sitting out? Uh, my freshman year was the first year that freshmen were eligible. There you go. So right. uh, so yes. Yeah, so to be 
be honest with you, they didn't know what to knew how to handle that whole situation because we supposedly had a freshman team. Uh, but fortunately for me, um, I had a, a couple of guys that were playing my position get hurt ahead of uh, during the early season and, and preseason, and and I got the opportunity to go in and and, uh, uh, and start as and start as a freshman. Wow, love so it. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was an it was a interesting turn of events from you know thinking I was going to go to Kent State to, to going in at Ohio State and having the opportunity to, to to play as a freshman and and like I said you know I'm hoping that this interview doesn't get heard by my wife because she'll you know this will just renew her her love for you taking her yeah her love for saying how she got me to go to Ohio State. So. <laughs> I've heard her. T- I've heard her tell the story, and the stories actually are still similar, which is odd. From after all this time, y'all been married. Usually, you know, usually the old Venus and versus Mars thing. Uh, there's a there's a loss in translation as well as stories that go on how you met and how you did us. But but that's the similar story, and I love it because she's feisty. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I get it. She's like an agent before she, before agents were agents. We're talking to Tim Fox, Tim. As far as recruiting wise, when they started, when Woody Hayes starts to look at you, what was that process? Because it was a short window. Yeah, to be honest with you, it, 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 I was kind of like a last minute thing. So there was really no heavy recruiting. It was I was, it was more or less I was recruiting them. But in terms of uh, a lot of the other schools, I mean, I made visits. Obviously, went to Kent State. I went to Bowling Green. I went to uh, North Carolina State University. Uh, Lou Holtz was the coach there. And I really, I really liked him. It probably would have gone there, except it just seemed like he had such a great recruiting class that I, I you know, I, I wasn't going to get a chance to play at North Carolina State. And it was an interesting side note when, you know, when the day of signing comes and you have to tell these coaches who've been recruiting you, you have to say yes or no. And obviously, it's difficult sometimes to tell them no. And and you get a lot of mixed reactions from them. And, you know, uh, several of the coaches, I, when I said I was going to Ohio State, they go, oh, you're crazy. You'll never play at Ohio State. You don't right. have the size. You don't have the speed. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it, one of the nicest things I'd ever, I've ever heard from a coach is when I finally told uh, Lou Holtz, I said, look, Coach, I really like you. I like your program. I, uh, but unfortunately, I think you've had a great year recruiting, and, and, and I, I don't know if I can get into that class. And to be honest with you, I think I'm going to go to Ohio State. He goes, Ohio State? <laughs> I had no idea they were even recruiting you. And I said, well, they really weren't recruiting me very much. But, uh, you know, I've always had it in my heart. That's where I wanted to go. And he goes, yeah. well, son, I think you made the best decision you ever make in your whole life. <laughs> wow, so, I love that. You Touche. That's a touche moment. So for Woody, playing for Woody Hayes, uh, you get there, obviously hard-nosed, sort of Bobby Knight basketball. You think of Woody Hayes. I mean, what was that like? And did you get along with him really well, or were you used to being coached like that as as a kid? Was there a shock? No, it was a. It, it, I can't believe. Uh, I can't even tell you what a difference it was between you know stepping in on the field in, in college as compared to what we did in high school. I mean, it's just absolutely no comparison. And and obviously, Woody was somewhat of a infamous character in the way he he finally left the game after. You know, uh, hitting a kid on the sideline that intercepted a ball, and right. you know he, he uh, you know, but you know Woody was just a tremendous character builder. Uh, but man, he was tough. He, you know, 
people say, well, what was it like playing for, with him? I said, you know, those four years in college, he, he made the rest of my life easy. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he did, I'm telling you, because nothing was more difficult than training camp there, uh, the, 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 the workouts that, we, that, he, that he put us through, and the expectations that he set for us. I mean, it was, uh, and you know, I was a young, naive kid, and you know, I, I, I drank it up. You know, and and, uh, and and you follow his 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 lead, and uh, and and most of the players did. You know, it, it, you know, you got a bunch of young kids that are eighteen to t- eighteen to twenty one, and you know they're away from home for the first time. It was, uh, you know, it, that's quite an adjustment for for a lot of kids. And uh, Woody made sure that we made that adjustment in, in 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 the right manner. You know, and a lot we we'd always have Monday meetings uh, after. Uh, uh, after the game on Saturday, because we'd have Sunday off, and Monday our meeting was devoted had nothing to do with football. It had to do with basically the facts of life. But he would be educate us on on history, on on uh, 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 women's reproductive organs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the use of condoms. Uh, wow! <laughs> you know, it was almost embarrassing to sit through a lot of these talks. But uh, you know, he felt it's his duty to educate educate us, uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and more than just teach us how to play football, but how to how to teach us to survive after football and after life. And and he, he always said, you know, you'll learn more in a football field than you'll ever learn in any classroom. And it, it, that, that is unquestionably true. At least it was for me, you know, with that program. I love it. We're talking Tim Fox. You, you bring up. I wrote the song. Uh, uh, with a couple buddies years ago called The Coach, and it's off my Indian Ocean. I, lo- I love that song. Oh, I, I love, love that song. Well, I think of a coach like that. I had I had him as well on a high school level. Okay, let's 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 be relative here. <laughs> Nothing like you had. But but for me, the line, uh, let me tell you why I don't let things slide. If you can get through me, boy, you can get through life. And that's exactly <laughs> as Woody it sounds like. Sounds like the life that you were you were living with him. We're talking to Tim Fox. Tim, you get to play DJ into the break. Uh, Mississippi's birthplace of American music. I know you were born and raised around Canton or in Canton, Ohio, where the there's a, a Hall of Fame there. But and you guys have football, although we have we have f- football. It's a big deal down here in Mississippi as well. But would you like to hear a little bit of let's say Denise LaSalle or Ike Turner? Uh, I would say Ike Turner. I knew that. We're talking Tim Fox, former NFL Pro Bowler, college All American at the Ohio State University. You're in a Mississippi minute. Coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, it's Ike time. We'll be right back. My mama told my papa just before I was born. She said you got a boy child coming and up. He's going to be. It's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. In 
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. I am with former NFL Pro Bowler Tim Fox. we got to do our part coming to you live from the cute Mississippi beautiful studios. we got to talk a little bit of Archie Griffin right now. What was he like? Only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, it's like winning the Triple Crown t- on steroids because there's been others that's won that. So what was that like being his teammate? And did you well, get to hit him a lot? You know. Well, the interesting thing is when I went to Ohio State, I didn't know whether I was going to play offense, defense, or, or uh, what they were going to do with me. And so picture day comes, comes along, you know, which is the, the, the first day of practice. They, get, they put you in, in your uniform as freshman, and, and uh, they start calling you over by position. And um, Archie had been like the, the, the high school, Ohio high school player of the year, and I knew who he was, obviously. And so he's there when they, they call for all the offensive backs to come over here and all the defensive backs to go over there. And, and so I see Archie go over there, and I go, oh, geez, I know who he is. And then I see all these other guys. I mean, we, uh, a kid by the name of Brian Bashnagel, who was, you know, hugely recruited out of Pennsylvania. Uh, another kid by the name of Woody Roach. And, you know, these names don't mean a lot to, to your listeners. But, you know, for me, these were like guys that I knew were great, great players. And, and so... I'm looking over at, and we ran, we ran the I formation, you know, at Ohio State. And so I look over there, and there's probably six, you know, guys that look like would be tailbacks. And obviously, I wasn't going to be a fullback. And so I'm doing, my, I'm doing the math, you know. I'm, uh, you know, I wasn't all that great in school, but I could do, I could do, you know, rudimentary math. You had six guys competing for, for one position, and then they called for the defensive backs to go over to the, to this side, and <clears throat> there were four defensive back positions. And only two guys went over there, and I said, that's it. I'm a defensive back, I guess. So I figured my chances were a lot better, particularly with Archie being on, on the other side of the ball. And um, as it turned out, you know, Archie lived, lived up to every bit of his uh, uh, high school reputation, and he was uh, just a, a, an unbelievable running back. Uh, you know, he was, he was not big. He was probably 5'8", you know, on his tiptoes. Uh, but his thighs were, you know, about twice the size of, of, of a normal person's thigh. And, you know, he was like a weeble. You know, you just couldn't, you couldn't knock him off balance. And he would run through and people would hit him in the legs. And he, one leg would go up, he'd come back down. And um, just, to, you know, I, I don't think anyone will ever uh, win two Heismans again. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, you win a Heisman, you're going into the, into the right. pro ranks now. Right. And, and obviously that wasn't allowed back then um but the the other thing about archie was just you know we had this conversation about woody being such a character builder and how he you know it was such a positive influence on so many players well archie just drank woody's stuff like kool-aid i mean and archie was the was the most stand-up never ever did anything wrong i mean he didn't drink he didn't go out he didn't I mean, he was just so focused on football and, and being, you know, the right kind of guy. Right. And to this day, he is that guy, you know, and, and I don't see him a lot. He still is at Ohio State. He was assistant athletic director for a long time there. Now he's the, the head of the Alumni Association. And you can't, you could never ask for a better representative of the, of the university to, 
um, to, you know, to have that position. And, and I can't say enough good things about him. Wow. We're talking to Tim Fox. You know, take me through your time versus now. Well, obviously things are certainly, <laughs> certainly different. I mean, I played in an old uh, stadium. When I say old, it was, it was built in, in 1971, and I got there in 76. So it was really only five years old. But, I mean, the entire stadium was built for $5, uh, for $5 million. So that gives you an idea of, uh, you know, they had aluminum benches, yeah, and you know, you know, it was all concrete all around, and we played on the worst astroturf that has ever been invented. Um, so they didn't have to worry about you know paying groundskeepers. They just yeah, con- concrete and a little bit of astroturf, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, our our weight room consisted of uh, uh, of some stuff that the equipment manager, who used to be a welder, put together. You know, he 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 made these racks and stuff, and we had a bunch of free weights, and that was. That was basically the extent of it. You know, I always thought after leaving Ohio State that, you know, there was a natural progression of things. You know, you go from high school, things are a certain quality level in high school. And then I went to Ohio State and we had, you know, really nice facilities and a great stadium and, and you know, the medical facilities and everything were, were great. And I'm thinking, well, obviously they're going to now when you go to the NFL, it's even going to step up even more. Well, when I got to New England, it was an incredible step down, boy. They, they could not compete with uh, the facilities and, and things that were provided to us at at, uh, at Ohio State. So that was a little bit of a rude awakening. And the other thing that was probably the biggest rude awakening to me was um, they, I, I'm coming up there for minicamp. It's the first time I've ever been to, been to New England, and it's just right after the draft. And, uh, you know, I'm coming in. We had we had three number one draft picks that year. I actually was came in as a as San Francisco's pick in the Jim Plunkett trade. Uh, Plunkett wow. was traded from New England for, believe it or not, for three, for, for I don't know, for three picks or something. And uh, so I'm thinking, you know, it's kind of a big deal. I'm a number one coming in for maybe camp. And they're going to, you know, I'm, they're going to come pick me up at the airport. I figure I'm going to, you know, get picked up in a nice stretch limo and, <laughs> Uh, you know, they'll have some stuff in, in the limo for us and we'll be staying in a real nice hotel. And I walk out, I walk down and get my bag and I see this guy, really weird looking guy standing there with a sign saying Fox. I'm going, hmm, this guy's in a trench coat, which is <laughs> kind of interesting. Bald guy, about five foot four. And, uh, Danny DeVito. You know, whatever, you know, I, who knows, maybe he's a limo driver. Takes me out. <clears throat> He takes me, he's driving a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. And, and the Volkswagen Beetle only has one front seat. So <laughs> I'm obviously, so he takes my bag and puts it in the, where the, where the passenger seat would normally be in the front seat. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the, to me, the, the most logical question is, why do you only have one front seat? And he goes, well, that's all I need. <laughs> and, so I'm going, okay. Um, so he um, he proceeds to take me from the airport. I'm going, oh, man, what did I get into here? And I and to be honest with you, I didn't even know where the stadium was. I, I always thought it was the Boston Patriots, but when they moved to Foxborough, they took on the name as the New England Patriots. And, mm-hmm. and um, so I had no idea that Foxborough was like an hour away from the airport. So we had about an hour ride in this lovely Volkswagen. And... <laughs> He takes me by the stadium on Route One. I'm going, oh, yeah, okay. There's the stadium, nice. And uh, so where's the? And we go like I don't know, maybe a quarter of a mile past the stadium, and they take me to this 
hotel motel. That's where they're putting all the draft choices in, in, in this. I mean, it's the worst hotel you could ever imagine. But it's close to the stadium, I'll give it that. And, 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 and to add insult to injury, we go to training camp, or we go to mini camp the first day, you know, and they, and they work us out pretty good. And we come home, and all I want to do is, is, you know, get a good night's sleep, lay down in this bed. I pull the, pull the covers back. I reach my hands up underneath the pillow. Oh. And go, what was that? And I look at it. Yeah, a used condom. Uh, under no my way. So, yeah, nothing but the finest. Well, for, yeah, they wouldn't for, clean. They would have to leave that. You know, there's always a trail. Despite the fact that the, the hotel wasn't the finest. Um, we had a we we had a great year. My rookie year, we went. Uh, Patriots were with were three and eleven back then. They only played fourteen games. So the year before we got there, uh, we were we were three and eleven. And then my rookie year, we turned it around full circle and went eleven and three. Wow! And um, you know, I'd like to think I had a lot to do with that. But the reality was, we had uh, as I said, we had three number one draft picks in that in that class. One of them was Mike Haynes, who's now a Hall of Fame corner. Uh, Pete Brock was a was a first round pick at center, and and Steve Grogan was our quarterback. Yeah, he had just started coming into his own as a as a just a, a, a tremendously athletic quarterback. He he was the first of of, of many to come. That um, for many years he held the, the single season record for rushing touchdowns because uh, he was not afraid to take the ball, and tuck it under his arm, and he got up he got beat up pretty good, but. Uh, you know, we had a we had a good, and I had uh, you know a very enjoyable six years there, uh, and and we had, I think, the third winningest percentage for those six years in the NFL. Wow! Unfortunately, back then there was no wild card teams, so you either won your division or you or you were gone, and uh, and and we we went to the playoffs twice and uh, uh, should have you know there was a year that 1976 will go down in infamy. Uh, a famous game, the Patriots versus the, the the Raiders. We'd already beaten the Raiders during regular season, and they'd only lost two games. They went on to win the Super Bowl. We lost to them in uh, in Oakland after about I don't know at least five or six of the most ridiculous, suspicious calls ever made. What a shock that and, is! Let's don't start talking and, referees. You know, and I remember I, I remember <laughs> going home after that game, thinking, "Man, this is the NFL." I you know this. I can't believe, but this game was fixed. <laughs> I honestly believe that game was fixed, that there was no way they were going to allow us to win that football game. Um, wow. They created penalties. But then the reality was, playing, a, playing another 11 years, I never felt that way again. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to, to, to tell people that I think the NFL is fixed, but boy, I'll tell you what, that game... Yeah, uh, I'm still suspicious of it. We're live at the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. We're with Tim Fox. He's heading to the water. Got his natty light. You're in a Mississippi minute. We're going to be right back. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with former NFL Pro Bowler Tim Fox. Always good to keep Mississippi beautiful. That's what studio we are dwelling in right now. So with you, how many times were you documented as official concussions? You know, with the regulations and and the you know how they decided you had a concussion back then versus how many times you think you had concussions now? There was literally no concussion protocol. The, the way they decided if you had a concussion, you were unconscious. Wow. If you were unconscious, you had a concussion. If you could open your eyes and walk, uh, you were fine. And even if you couldn't walk and you were weaving and bobbing and you needed help going to the sideline, uh, you just got your bell rung. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can remember um, uh, two times in my career when I got knocked out twice in the same game. So, uh, you know. And you, you went back in after the first oh, time. Oh, Crazy. Absolutely. Well, the one time, after getting knocked out the second time, the referee came over, and they're giving me smelling salts on the sideline, and there's a TV timeout or something. And he comes over and, and checks on me on the bench, and the trainers are attending to me and giving me the smelling salts. And they, he says, hey, look, pal, um, you know, we, we can't keep stopping the game for you. <laughs> I mean, we got we, – we we got you know we only have so many TV timeouts and stuff and if you can't stay awake you can't go back in the game right <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. it's not funny <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> laughing that he would do that but uh, and the way he said it but it's definitely not funny do you feel like you got out in time because you're sharp as a tack just FYI I'm giving you a compliment you had a big successful business career afterwards uh, you you just you just sold that aspect of your life and you're and you're boating everywhere and drinking natty lights but seriously do you feel like you got out in time where it didn't have uh long-term effects uh that you couldn't control uh unfortunately no i mean i and i don't think i don't think if i'd have i think if i would have never played professional football and only played in in college uh, you know i was probably knocked out uh i don't know five or six times in college um so I mean I think that probably would have been enough. Yeah. Uh, but but now you know the 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 what they say now is it comes it it's more has to do with repetitive hits, not not the big concussions. The, you know every the, the brain will heal if you give it time to heal, but if you keep banging on it, banging on it, banging on it, it's like you know having a scab and just keep picking the scab. Right. And then you're gonna leave a and then you're gonna leave a scar, and you know those scars add up, and and so yeah, I have you know I've got. You know, I've got attention issues. You know, my wife, I can't keep track of things she tells me I need to do. And, and so I got to write things down. And um, I can't remember names. You know, yeah, even sometimes I draw, you know, which is incredibly embarrassing and, and disturbing. I, you know, I get my grandkids mixed up. You know, I yeah. sometimes mm. I draw a blank on their names. And that's, that's, that's disturbing. <laughs> I got to yeah. say the least. Yeah, but, well, you know, I, I, I but, but then that. again, I but I know other friends that are much worse than I am. So I mean, in, in, you know, given the, given twelve, you know, the twelve years I got hit in the head in the NFL, and the, and the eight years in high school and, and college, I'm, you know, I'd say I'm I'm doing better than most. 
I said you spent 10 years in the NFL, but 12 years. I mean, we got to we got to do the the internet, the Google search. I didn't want to bo- I didn't want to bother you with such details. We got to update your Wikipedia. We're talking to uh, Tim Fox. Right. Tim, I'm going to let you go get into your thirsty Thursdays with your pals. We're going to like I said adopt that rule here in Mississippi. Uh thanks for spending an entire Mississippi minute with me. Are you on the boat right now? I'm on the boat right now. We're just getting ready to to clear the no-wake zone, so it's perfect timing. We're getting ready to take off and I'm going to crack my first one. And by the way, I think I'll be seeing you uh, in shortly on Thursday. So we'll make we'll turn that into a Thursday. Thursday. It's a done deal. It's a date. You guys be careful. Have a great time. We've been with Tim Fox, incredible NFL career, and his old days at Ohio State. The guy did one thing: he won, and he ran the fastest 36-yard dash in history. All right, brother, we love you. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks. Love you too. Bye. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Want to know what's happening with your Ole Miss Rebels? Get insights and analysis from Brian Scott Rippey and Colin Brewster on each episode of the Rebel Report Podcast. You'll get the inside track on Ole Miss Athletics. The Rebel Report Podcast is free and available on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Rebel Report on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Rebel Report Podcast from Supertalk Mississippi. Better than finding an open parking spot on the square. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. You can hear the show Saturday afternoons 1 until 3, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Gary Klein and Kelly Jordan are our pros from the Bassmaster Elite Series. Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon takes care of all of our big game needs. Plus, Tom Dockin and Ronnie Smith will help you build a better bird dog. Not to mention the fact that we just have a whole heck of a lot of fun with a lot of great guests. I hope you'll be a regular. Hey, we'll see you in the camp house this Saturday at 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.